I'm Matt. And I'm John. And I'm Matt. <laughs> and and I'm I'm John. And we're <laughs> I think we're Friday night games, but now Kickstarter. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what? Kickstarter. <laughs> this is the most awkward one I think you've ever ever made me. I'm made Matt. Me <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. Uh, we are two board game enthusiasts who have spent way too much money on Kickstarter shipping. Shipping. <laughs> yeah, shipping for sure. Yeah, because we're Canadian and therefore we pay a lot more for shipping. It seems like we pay double. Which is crazy. Oh, yeah, right? we'll get it. We'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> but on today's show, we're going to outline what Matt and I absolutely love, but mostly what we hate about Kickstarter. And then we're going to dive into three games that was that were sent to us that are going to hit Kickstarter in October of 2020, which are Mini Steel by Graymore Games, Anna Perner by Fiat Lucra, and Honey Bomb by Ramstar Games. And afterwards, we're going to geek out about some hyped Kickstarter games that we're excited about, and we're going to discuss on how we think kickstarter should change so matt since since we started this whole friday night games business you and i collectively have kickstarted a lot of games i know personally i think i'm on like my 14th or 15th for the year Mm -hmm. and i know you've kickstarted a lot um so what keeps bringing us back to kickstarter even though i've known we said numerous times that we're done and we're not going to do it anymore Yet I've got uh, two or three currently. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like I say that all the time too. I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna kickstart anymore. This is hurting my wallet here. Yep. Uh, but actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at how many I have kicked over ten. Oh no, wait. Oops. No. Sorry. This year? No. Sorry. I'm gonna back it up. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no. More than ten. More than ten. Oh, we better not talk about it because my wife listens to this. <laughs> so we're just gonna move on. And definitely ten very small twenty dollar games or less. Yeah, twenty sure. twenty dollars worth of games, honey. Oh, and definitely there are some that I definitely list told you about. Wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> well, you know what? Okay, so and then that that doesn't even include Bill. Bill's been kickstarting games three or four years before us. Which was interesting too. Right. So, and he he actually kickstarts as Friday Night Games official, which is pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes he's kickstarting like some stuff. I'm like, no, no, don't kickstart that. It looks makes us look weird. Oh, like the uh, the the coins. The the coin. Like I give two Fs. Yeah. I give no Fs. Yeah, and he keeps like he keeps buying them like over. He's like a coin collector. He's just a <laughs> coin collector. I, I I'm afraid to log on. I, I bet you he just has coins being shipped to uh, Mustache Matt's house. It's probably all it is that's okay <laughs> but you can see that you can look at what people will back and it'll just be like bill will be all well our official friday Night games <laughs> kickstarter account will be like all coins that's okay <laughs> do you guys even play games all they do is flip coins <laughs> we just flip coins all day <laughs> oh so what, what what keeps bringing you back to kickstarter uh you know there's a there's a small evolution right so i think when i started it was all it was all interesting to just back cool projects mm-hmm. that i thought were that I, that I thought were cool whether they're cool or not it's up for debate but they're, they're things that i wanted to back right and uh, i think the reason mainly was just to kind of keep informed on what was going to be released so a lot of companies will do it so that you can get the games early and so i think that is a very cool thing that i like so if there's a game i really really want i could kickstart it and the game will be shipped to my house before it hits retail 80 percent no 40 no 90 percent of the time because <laughs> there was there was there was one time where we were at gen con and bill backed he backed uh trogdor the board game yep and it never got shipped to our house but it was there for sale at gen con and bill's just like staring at it. he's like why did i even back this i could have got it for cheaper here yep. at gen con right instead i have to wait a month he didn't even get it for like another month and you're just like stupid he's he was upset and i could understand and that actually kind of stopped him from wanting to back anything again which is really sad that makes sense but you know with that the edition that bill saw at gen con was it a kickstarter edition or retail i think it was both like they had both oh yeah which was annoying 
because I know what kind of brings me back into Kickstarter is kind of the exclusives you get. Oh. You know, the Kickstarter ad- only edition comes with this like one random piece that you won't get in the retail edition or the fancy box art or, or whatever. So it's just most of the time the, the people who are making the project want to make want to entice you to back it, obviously. So they sh- wrap it up in a shiny bow and give you something special for being a backer. Yeah, I, see, I think I think I'm going to argue a little bit against this. So. I actually think exclusives are nice, but they're good when it's uh, the company is like a good known company who makes who have already already been accredited to making good games, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So for instance, I bought Born to Slay, which is by the same people who make uh, Unstable Unicorns. Yes, actually, the company is called Unstable Unicorns. So they make both games, and I backed it, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I know they make an Unstable Unicorns. I liked it. It was like a magic clone. So I'm guarantee you here to slay is going to be good too. Or, or, or mm-hmm. and then, so like, I'm going to get like this deluxe version of it. It's going to have a nice box. It's going to have nice everything. And, and that will be satisfy me. The only thing I didn't like about it was that it was like 17 extra dollars shipping, but that's a different story. <laughs> but you, I noticed you also said early access to games. Yeah. I like, I like getting, you know, quote unquote before it gets, it gets the retail shelves. I mean, I haven't had an uh, instance where it like for Bill, but I do know with the, what was that game that just came out? Marvel. Oh, Marvel United. United Mar- Marvel United, where it was hitting shelves at Walmart before Kickstarter backers were getting their copy. And people were pissed. Well, w- I mean, wouldn't you? You paid a little extra money for it. And to be honest, like most people do not care about the exclusive ex- exclusivity of the game, right? Like they don't, they're not like, oh, I, I like the shiny exclusives. They're like, I just want to play the game. The game looks fun. That's why I'm buying it. Yeah. And I've seen people like online that actually purchased it from Walmart so they can play it. I was like, so they bought the game twice. Ooh, that's like a thing and, you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm just like, oh, that's so weird. But like, I think I think though they were very communic. They've communicated very well that that was happening. Okay. I think it was just something to do with the way the supply chain worked. Oh, like, a, like a- I'm not. I don't know the whole story. I don't know exactly what happened, but I think it was something along the supply chain that. It got to Walmart before the Kickstarter backers, and they were, like, super communicative about it. So I think people just maybe didn't read the communication as well as they could have. Gotcha. They're just upset because they yeah. th- they were looking to get this game before Walmart. I kind of get it. Right. I kind of get it. I don't know. It, it's sad. I, to me, it's sad because you're supporting those two companies. That's Spin Master and Come On Games. You're trying to support them, and then you kind of feel slightly... You feel slighted. A little bit. Right? And And I, and I can understand that. At the same time... I know what they went through too. They obviously had two distribution centers. If that's the way it went down, it sounds like they had two distribution centers. One was Walmart's, so a, so all the packages were going to a Walmart distribution center, while the other ones had to be sent to a distribution center where they actually individually wrap them and send them out. So I could kind of understand what's going on. Right. But it sucks for those people who really wanted to get it first. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But at least there's the exclusives, right? That's true. That Venomix <laughs> looks pretty sweet, though. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Well, what is it? It's just the, the miniature. Oh, okay. That's cool. Venom, yeah. So what else do you like about Kickstarter? I'm going to go with the uh, generic answer. <laughs> Indie devs can try to make games for it. So I feel like it's a good way to have, if you have an idea, it actually allows you to go out there and throw that idea out into the universe to see if people like it. Or if it's also like a, a way to see like, is what I'm doing right? Am I going about it the right way? Do people like what I'm doing? Yeah, and I've noticed that with like a lot of lot of projects that we've played and reviewed that m- maybe some weren't successful. You know, there's nothing wrong with the game, but it was just more or less how the developers went about their campaign. Oh yes, yes. You know what they, I mean? They they might have not you know sent out their games early enough for reviewers to see. That's a huge part of it, right? Like if you want a successful campaign you need to get that game into some people's hands who are gonna talk about it hey this that's a good segue into a game that was sent to us early yeah so we were sent a game called honey bomb by ramstar games you know about a month and a half ish before their campaign so it's supposed to launch at the end of october this year so in about three or four weeks which is really cool honey bomb it's just a simple it's almost like checkers right matt yeah i would say it's as simple as checkers uh it's it's an area control game you play as either drone bee 
or a worker bee and you place your tile along the table surrounding yourself by the queen bee and the goal is to flip over as many tiles to your side as possible using certain specialty car tiles or like moves that help you flip tiles to your side basically do that is having like a, a good line of sight between one of your tiles and another tile and anything in between that that isn't yours, you can flip over. But it's super easy to play and very simple to learn. That's basically it. And then there's some really cool specialty tiles that I, that, that I think fit the theme of the tiles really well. So a beekeeper lets you redo discarded specialty tiles, pesticides, remove tiles from the board, and bears stop tiles from being flipped, and which is which I think is really cool. And then there's a honey bomb that converts all tiles, which is really nice, which I didn't play on my, my game, so... I would, oh, would have been interesting to see that one. In our game, it got played nice. twice. Yeah, actually, we so like there's a couple different modes too. Everyone has 20 tiles. You're just laying, you're taking turns laying tiles down. But we had the idea of giving myself. It was me, me and Novi and Bill. But Bill was kind of like we're talking about it as we we're playing it. We had the idea of giving everyone the same tile before we play it, so we had the same okay. abilities, which actually worked out really nice because you kind of knew what everyone had. Yeah, random. yeah, it's not as random, and, and it had like a really cool like mechanic of like oh i know what you have so i gotta strategize around it nice i think for the most part michaela and i had the same we both had the bear we both had the flower she didn't play her last one but i played the pesticide okay so so the game's really easy right so you, every all the tiles are six-sided you're you have to place around the queen bee or around your bees or you're trying to attack a line to flip tiles so that you can control the board yeah and it was cool because like the board looks they're all hex shaped tiles so it looks like a honey honeycomb yeah. as you play mm -hmm. so it's actually really it's really nice to look at so first of all thank you ramstar games for sending us sending that game out to us that's awesome they're doing it right right they're sending the game out so people can play it so people like us can tell you that it's a casual game it's similar to checkers it's plays like chess right and and it's it's great we got that out there because it got sent to us early right so if you are starting a campaign and you're an indie developer, get your game out as early as you can. Because you might make changes too. Exactly. And you know, and you know, there's sometimes where the rules aren't super clear when you get games that are in development and that this is the time where, you know, reviewers can say, Hey, this game or sorry, this rule isn't laid out in the book. Right. We made up rules. Right. Whatever we did. Right. Yeah. We we had we had to, you know, adjust our gameplay to make it make sense for us or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's really cool to be able to talk to the developers of the game and give that feedback directly to them, which is pretty sweet. That's what I like a, I like about indie developers. We have a straight communication with them. Right. That's what's up. What did Michaela think of the game? Because you were playing that with Michaela. Yeah, I think she liked it. Like, it was super easy. She caught on really quick. I mean, she, she was having fun and she was getting on with it. She did almost destroy me <laughs> at the end of the game, which was pretty funny. Like, I was dominating the entire game and then... I made like one weird move and I knew I did it, but I was trying, I was trying to get points somehow doing this certain thing. You're just trying to test, left trying to test the game mechanics. Yeah. And I left myself vulnerable in this one spot and it pretty much took like, our, I think she flipped like, I want to say like eight or nine of my tiles, like almost half my tiles she flipped. And I was like, ugh. yeah. And, and that's actually really cool. Cause we play it separately at different times. And it was interesting because like myself, Bill, and Novi both thought the same thing. We're like, it's it's a game of trying not to screw up, right? right? Do not make that screw up move because the minute you do, the other person is going to capitalize, and the game almost just concludes at that point, right? So it's really interesting. It's like playing uh, musical chairs, but with tiles. I mean, it's all about yeah, it's all about trying to take over the hive, right? So I mean, someone's going to screw up somewhere. Mm -hmm. maybe maybe that's how it's built i don't know good good point another thing i really love about kickstarter campaigns is when the campaign is engaging so so what do you mean by that so take a look at mantis falls i, I know we plug mantis falls a lot but they utilized their kickstarter page to bring everyone to their social media you know they had social media goals like, hey, if we hit this many likes on here or followers on here, we unlock this. And they did a lot of voting. So throughout the campaign was like, hey, would you rather this or this in the box, right? So what we're getting in the game is kind of what we wanted, if that makes sense. Everything was made on a voting decision. And I was glued to the Kickstarter campaign the entire time. I voted on every single thing and I loved it. And I was super engaged the entire time. So that was really, really entertaining for me. And I've seen like other Kickstarters where it's like, cool, thanks for backing. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then there's other ones that don't even message you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm i like, I guess I'm the opposite side of the coin on this one. I don't, I don't want to be engaged with. 
<laughs> like, don't talk to and me. That, Stop messaging. And that's fine. Unless, unless I know you, unless you're like, you know, there's a few very specific developers that actually know us and have met us in real life. And I'm like, you, you message me because I appreciate you. But then like, you know, like, right. for instance, Born to Slay, when I back that game, the guy sent me a, a message that looked generic, right? Right. And I'm just like, oh, that's cool, but I don't really know you. And, and that's going to... <laughs> and that's gonna happen. You're gonna get those generic messages like, "Hey, thanks for backing our campaign." Right. Blah 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 blah. A B C or D. But Mantis Falls. They're like, "Hey, John, I really want to say thank you for backing your thing. If you have any backing our game, if you have any specific questions, reach out." And then I message them about something. I message them right away just to like, clarify, mm -hmm. you know, that I was from Friday Night Games, and we had like a, a good message after that. Oh, which was cool, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, I and then I message people, be like, "Where the hell is my game?" <laughs> is, that, is that how you say it? Like, I was, hey, hey, where's my yeah, game, huh? Hey. You know, and, and, there's no, and there's no communication. Hey, poor like, game Bill. Poor game <laughs> Bill. Hey, what's this, what's this game you made over here? Spaghetti toss. <laughs> Can I get spaghetti toss right now? Anyways, I think this is a great segue into what we do not like about Kickstarter. And I'm going to start with delays. Delays, delays, delays. I know they're going to happen because everything going on right now, I get it. Stuff got delayed in, you know, February, March because of COVID. Everything was shut down. Hold on. There's, that is there's delays like COVID, but then there's delays. Yes. <laughs> and, that, and that's what that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I am understanding. I'm understanding of what is going on in the world right now. And that stuff is naturally going to be delayed because everything was closed and they're, they're trying to produce everything that, that, that was backlogged. Understandable. But when you're telling me my game is supposed to be in my mailbox <laughs> at, at June. It better be no, I think it was supposed to. I, th I think it was supposed to be like February at this point. But there was like an initial delay, which put it back to like June or something. It was something weird like that. And it's going on October it is October and I still don't have my game and I've messaged you and you're not messaging me back what the hell man mm. yeah <laughs> Bill uh board game Bill made uh we're, we're just gonna call it spaghetti toss at this point <laughs> <laughs> so board game Bill back this game we're just gonna call it spaghetti toss so he packed it like three years ago or something yeah, three or four years ago and yeah, then we're crazy. we're at Gen Con and uh, we're trying to figure out like what to look for. We're like, oh, we'll look for a game to play. We we kind of it was kind of our discovery Gen Con. We figured out, oh, this is how you play games. You buy tickets. So we're scrolling through the list on his cell phone. He's like, spaghetti toss. He's like, spaghetti toss. Spaghetti toss. That's a game. That's a game about spaghetti. That's a game I backed three years ago. So he buys us some tickets. We show up, and it was kind of weird too, because we show up, and then first of all, the person who was running it was not there. <laughs> so we're like, "Where is everybody?" And then eventually, the person shows up like ten minutes late, and then we're like, "He." And by the way, the person demoing it was not affiliated with it at all, so it wasn't his fault. And so he shows up. We give him the tickets. He teaches us how to play. And then Bill's like, "Well, when's Spaghetti Toss coming out?" And then the and then the guy's like, "Well." <laughs> He's like, he's like, I backed this game years ago. And then the guy's like, yeah, <laughs> they're working on the sauce, bro. <laughs> the sauce is trying to be made right now. <laughs> Bill wasn't having it. And then so he just like, I guess he follows it for the comedy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like it. I, even, even, I, even I went and jumped in on it. <laughs> Just to see, and I'm like, uh What did you see? What did you see when you when you jumped in? I saw a lot of bad things. I've seen a lot of hilarious things. The spaghetti is is overcooked, or the sauce is a you little know. bit garlicky. Like what? What's the <laughs> what's the issues here? I don't want to get too bit into it. This is like a weird conversation. <laughs> converting it to spaghetti. <laughs> well, I can. Let's just say the cookbook is taking a long time. Yes, the cookbook's taking a long time. And they have pictures of the spaghetti ready to eat, but no one's eating it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I very much dislike the delay process. That is inevitable when you're, you know, producing a game from scratch. Um, or from know, flour and tomato flour. sauce. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, you're going to get prototypes that don't quite fit your vision. You're going to get, you know, shipping delays. Hey, you know, your order's sitting on this dock for like a month before 
it's gonna get on this boat you know <laughs> i whenever i see like shipping and people are like oh it's gonna get shipped i'm always just like no it's always gonna be delayed it doesn't matter <laughs> what game it is it could be like it could be something that's made literally across the river from us it would still be delayed shipping wise <laughs> it doesn't matter well yeah because it'll go to toronto <laughs> Yeah, totally. By boat. <laughs> and come back our way. Go to Toronto by boat. And then <laughs> finally, it'll go to Toronto and then to Vancouver. And then it'll eventually make its way back down to Windsor. Yeah. Uh, That's how our life works. But And then, and then it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Because shipping to Canada is silly. It is silly, considering that we're actually closer to China. <laughs> shipping us first. <laughs> <laughs> how would you dock it at our tariff place first? Well, they do. They, they ship it to Vancouver. Yeah. Which is like, okay, you're at Vancouver. Now ship it to me. It's going to be cheaper. Yeah. No, no, they're no. Gonna it, they're going to ship it to Chicago. Right. And then they're going to ship it to Toronto and then back to us. <laughs> and then when it, once it gets to us in Windsor, it gets shipped back to Toronto. <laughs> Trust me. I just I just, just got one in the mail a month ago, and I, 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 I watched it just go in a butterfly formation around my house <laughs> it's like literally literally the truck passes by john's house like the the truck delivery of the game passed by john's house on the way to toronto to be shipped hey. <laughs> next time you should just sit outside with a sign like just drop off game now here drop games off here <laughs> that's true yeah i mean shipping to canada it it is what it is even shipping within canada that's just our mailing system yeah, and that's expensive. And that's my that's actually my point. I actually hate the shipping. I hate it. And I just it's like double. It's always double for us. Which is which is ugh. It's like stop shipping it to Toronto. I'm in Windsor, bro. That's like half the price. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was easy when we had a mailbox to ship to in Detroit. Yeah. But, uh, well the border's closed. Yeah. So so I actually consider shipping a hidden fee. I don't know if you consider a hidden fee. That's something I hate. It depends. I know they a lot of people try to do the best they can to approximate what the shipping is going to be based on their knowledge mm-hmm. and their facts that they have. I haven't had a campaign where shipping was more money than uh, they anticipated. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, knock on wood, that 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 won't change. But I've seen, I've I've read in like other comments where shipping kind of like doubled uh, during a campaign. Oh, kinda, yeah, I actually stuck there, right? So. Bill Bill had one. I think it was I don't know if it was Nemesis or if it was uh, Brass, and I guess like the weight of the package became so heavy that you had to pay like another like fifty dollars shipping or something crazy. I don't know, I don't know what game it was, but I thought it was one of those two, but I could be wrong. Oh yeah, D- didn't Nemesis come in, like nine packages? It did, yeah, and it cost Bill an arm and a leg. I remember that too. Yeah. Oh well. yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it's a great game. So good for them. I mean, and that, and that brings me to another point that I don't like about Kickstarter is that sometimes I feel games focus on focus too much on what they're going to put into the game oh. versus what the game should be. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, too. And I, I think that's to a stretch goals. Am I wrong? Am I right? Right. So, you know, I take a look at what was the game that I just got, Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. The game's super fun, but like there was like 28 stretch goals. <laughs> and it's like cool and like honestly the stretch goals was just like you only get like one one token of that dinosaur Mm -hmm. not like not like a field like the other dinosaurs in the game i was like wow all that for that yeah totally worth it right so i mean i like it it was fine it was fine for that game that game was like i get it but there's other games where it's like i feel like they they take the stretch goals and it makes it they make the campaign around the stretch goals and they don't focus on making the game good right first it's like the game can only be good with all these extra components that you have to get by funding. Well, and, and that's just if, if that makes that's sense. that's a way to entice people to buy the game. Right. Right. And mo- make your game good without it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I completely agree. And I hate that. Right. And, and, you know, you know me, I've said it on several other podcasts. I hate stretch goals. I hate them. Right. Just give it. It's good to have like added components like, hey, have like a premium chip or you know, upgraded minifigures or whatever. But it's like, no, here's like an added mechanic into this game that's going to make this game way better. I'm like, well, just put it in the game. Make your game. Yeah, I I don't agree with that. I Like if people are doing, if companies doing that, you, you shouldn't do that. Your game should be, your game should be <laughs> finished. In fact, it should be very minimal. Minimal like a game that was sent to us. So it's Mini Steel by Graymore Games, which was kickstarted on October 1st 
of this year. So they're based out of Wisconsin. So go pack, go. Uh, they beat the Lions. Uh, so at the time of the recording, ago. they uh, destroyed <laughs> the Lions yesterday. We're lucky. I, we're wondering if we're even going to have a coach when this gets released, but that's a different story. Whew. So go pack, go. <laughs> Heard here first. <laughs> I have to watch some team. If I can't watch the Lions, I'll watch some other team win. <laughs> so mini steel is is really cool concept it's a it's a very tiny packable game and that's what that's what when so when they sent me the package i saw it was in my mailbox and i was like what the hell did i order because like I, <laughs> I didn't order anything and this like lit this like box i mean it was like i want i want to say it was like three by five cardboard box like i don't even know it was very small i'm like what the hell is this what the hell is this I open it. I'm like, I pull out this like small square box. It's like the size of like a slightly bigger than like a jewelry box. If, if you're curious, for like, I, for like, I actually measured it. Okay. And it's it's and uh, for you American listeners, it's six centimeters. <laughs> and for you Canadian listeners, it's under two and a half inches. Right. I know I said that opposite. I said that opposite on purpose. That's okay. <laughs> And I was like, wow, I was like, I was not expecting, like, I know the game has the name mini in it, but I just like, I wasn't expecting it to be so, so small. And I was like, and I'm so intrigued by it. When now. you brought it to me, it was crazy. Cause I'm like, I put it in my hand and I'm like, this is tiny. Like, I'm like, there's no way the game, like I read that they sent us the instructions too. It was like, there's no way the instructions are just describing this game. Right. But it was. <laughs> <laughs> And I say that because the game actually has a lot of depth, which is really cool. The game is simple. It's super simple. It's like, it's last man standing. Everyone has 10 health. And the game, all it is is like, you take damage from poison at the beginning. You draw up to six cards or more if you have equipment. And then you play two actions. And one of your actions can be a combo. So you can play more than two cards. You can play, you know, a combo is usually two cards. So you can play four cards at most. But that's how easy the game is. And, you know, the game was a lot of fun, too, because I remember we were playing it and I, you know, just trying to figure out, like, who do I have to kill first? You know, and then when it got down to the wire, Michaela, Michaela died first. And then it was I think it was me. But then you, we started targeting each other mm-hmm. like, oh, you have like six health. I'm going to kill you now. And then all all the while, Novi sitting next to me with one health this entire time. <laughs> and no one, no one's looking at him at all. <laughs> He's got one 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 damage, sorry, one damage onto him, and I'm like, yeah. He's like, haha, I've been free riding this whole. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because the next game, you opted out to go learn another game for us to keep going, and then Bill jumped in, and it was hilarious because we're like, well, Bill, we won the first time, so we all just kind of ganged up on him. So me and Michaela ganged up on him, and Bill was just kind of learning, so we just kind of let him go. And then it was funny because Bill catches on the games really quickly. And we yep. kind of let him go too long. And so he ended up picking up on the game and just ended up knocking out me and Michaela to win. <laughs> that's funny. And I think that's a really good testament to the game. It was super easy to teach. It was super easy to play. It does have a lot of rules. And, and obviously, they're not completely done with making the rules. They were very influenced by magic. Mm-hmm. And because they're very influenced by magic, you have a lot of those similar abilities. So, you know, it's re- reading text and making sure the text is perfect. So they still have a bunch of that to flush out, but the game is is basically complete. Like we played it very easily with the rules that were given to us and everything. And obviously they're gonna, they're gonna have more clarity once they actually do release it. But it was super cool to like how easy we could get Bill into it, how easy we could get Novi and Michaela, myself and you. We just jump in and play. And and it was cool because it's like the cards are are like small cards and they're all just picture based, right? So like the icons. Once you know what the icons are. It was really easy to navigate the game and very fast to play. Right. So the game has weapons, equipment, which you can equip. They have shields, which you can use to defend yourself. They have poison, which you can attach to a player so that they can take damage. Or you can heal poison or heal yourself. And then they had like really rare cards. Like maybe there's like one in the whole deck of like things are ultra powerful. Like they're inspired by Game of Thrones. So they have like a dragon card that destroys everyone's equipment. Like just little cool things like that, right? Mini Steel by Graymar Games, I think did we mention that it, it launches on October 1st? Right. And its price point is pretty cheap. It's $16 for the Kickstarter. And then at retail, it'll be $18. Oh, that's dirt cheap. Oh, it's real good. Yeah. And and I, I, I loved it. I honestly loved it. Being a Magic player or old school Magic player, I thought it just it gave me that same experience again. Good job. Nice. Cool. So, is it, Matt, is there anything else that you feel you don't super love about Kickstarter or backing games on Kickstarter? You know, sometimes I get a little nervous because, you know, we talked about Spaghetti Toss. 
<laughs> and uh and how like you don't know, like games could go that way so when you start looking at true you know because there's two types of games right there's the indie developed games and there's the bigger developed games and the bigger developed games right. are more of a pre-order you know that they if it does succeed you know it's going to go well right you don't have to worry yeah. but the indie dev you're kind of like you look through and you're like you know, is this going to go okay? Like, you really have to... It's a game of trust, really, between right. you and this person you do not know. And sometimes the games could go better, right? Like, sometimes the games don't look complete, or they look like they need more love, or, you know, little things like that. Yeah, I mean, unless you're trying to make your game look that way, I feel like... Well, well, there's, there, there's, like, there's a game on there right now that is completely meant to look like a piece of garbage. <laughs> okay. And it's like like it's blown its like goal out of the water. The concept's dumb, and people just like bought into it. And I think it's hilarious game. I think it's called like a Shitty Unicorn or something <laughs> like that. And it's just like it's like a dumb version of or no, it's Shitty Werewolf, like a dumb version of like One Night Werewolf or something. And it's just like stick figures on like ruled paper. Remember, remember when I said <laughs> we should do that, and you, everyone disagreed with me. See, I'm way ahead of you guys. Yeah, you put it on the ether, man. Well, I, I told you, I'm just like, dude, you just make like a really crappy, like, you know what? Oh, we're focusing too much on the art. Just make really horrible art. Who cares? And then people do it and they make a joke of it. And it works. I told you. Oh, you guys got need to listen to me. Here I am whining. I'm whining. You need to listen to me. <laughs> but have a polished product when you're when you're about to launch right especially if you're an indie developer so i was i was very lucky so there's a game that's being launched either in the middle of october or near the end of october i was very lucky to be invited to do a tournament of it and that game is annapurna by fiat lucia and the game was very 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 polished right so like the rules were all done the gameplay was all done the playtesting was all done. They just needed to actually make it. And so I was blown away by that. And that and that was testament to the creator, Becca. Becca did a fantastic job of just making sure, you know, dotting all our I's, crossing all our T's to make sure that the game was in perfect working order to be sent out. And it played really well. And I played, you know, honestly, once you play a round of it, it's like you played the, you understand the game. It really had a good momentum. You play around, you understand the game. So, you know, in the tournament, I must have played it. I must have demoed it twice before I played in the tournament. And then I played a game in the tournament. Then I demoed it with you, John. Then I played it a couple of times with Bill and Novi. And it was just like, it was so easy to teach. It flowed really well. So I was blown away. And I think more games need to be like that. But also, it took her a long time to get to that point, too. So it took her years. Yeah, and I mean, that's good. You know, she waited until she had, you know, her vision done and play tested and, you know, play tested and play tested to to a product that she was happy with. Right. right. And that's that's one of the key points. I mean, and you can see it in the game that we played. It was you were able to teach it to me so like well enough that it didn't it wasn't overwhelming. Right. Yeah. So so the game. OK, so I'm just going to give a brief synopsis. The game is the whole idea is that you're climbing up the mountain Annapurna, which is a famous mountain. I'm going to go over the rules real quick. So the game is very simple. It is actually super complicated. Like the rules go into very detail on every on everything you could do. But the game is actually really simple. You take your cards, you create a mountain of rows which goes five four three two one and the whole idea is to climb up the mountain and as you climb up the mountain you're flipping cards face up and as you flip cards face up they have these yin and yang values and so you're trying to balance out your mountain you're trying to have a mountain with with the most balance to it so not too many yin or not too many yang and at the same time you're trying to climb up the mountain the fastest it's actually like a pretty it seems like pretty zen like everyone everyone when i was doing the tournament was like oh it's such a zen game it's actually kind of cutthroat because if you're playing it properly mm. you could totally like mess people around and then oh and i also forgot that once you hit the top you, your whole idea is you can use these cards that you swept or cleared to play onto your mountain or other people's mountains to help your mountain become more uh, balanced or mess up other people's mountain and that, that's the premise obviously there's a lot more rules to it but you play one round, you got it. Yeah, and that's and that's how I felt when we played. Like I think we, you and I played two rounds. Right. And you're right. Like it was very like I don't think you and I we we didn't have that cutthroat experience playing it, but I can see where you're talking about where we'll go into that, especially if you're playing oh, with really competitive. People. It got into that with me and Bill because Bill's super competitive. Oh. I did a round with him. He picked up the rules so quickly that he started using like psychology. 
right? He started he started <laughs> bluffing what was on his mountaintop. He's like, oh yeah, I don't got this card here, you know, and then and they like, like, oh look what I landed on. Like he totally knew because he he landed on a card, let him look at anything. So oh yeah, I think I saw that happen. So he's totally trying to bluff. Like he looked at it, and then it was the card he needed, and then he was just totally trying to bluff so that I wouldn't take a card from my backpack and replace his. So, so it worked really well. It worked really well. And you could team up too. Like if two people are losing and this happened during the tournament, I was actually in last place and so was another guy. And then, so I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to help this guy. I'm going to help Joe from down the vent. So Joe from down the vent actually was like, I was giving him cards and stuff to help him and even like replacing his mountain. I'm like, do you trust me? And he's like, yeah. And he actually <laughs> won. So I'm assuming everyone must have been upset at me, but at the same time, I'm like, this is how the game works, right? Like, you can easily go in there and help someone win if you really want to, which is funny because there's actually a co-op version too. So, and the co-op version plays the exact same. You're just all trying to get up at the same time for like high score or something. I don't know. I've never played it, but it's the same idea. And that sounds like fun. Like, I would really like to play that cooperatively. Well, yeah, it takes the Bill psychological game out of it. <laughs> and i'll have to put up with him you know trying to hide you know, ooh, saying things where you're like all right you're just trying to throw us off at every second bill i gotcha <laughs> i mean it's nice because when you got that game they were they were nice enough to after you played the tournament they sent they sent us a copy of the game it, it's the, the package is beautiful like the box is great the artwork's good it's done and it's <laughs> And it's done. It's yeah, exactly. done. Like it is, it is ready to go. You could literally put that on a store shelf. You could put that on a store shelf right now, and that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Is there anything else maybe out right now that we were excited for? As far as on Kickstarter, on Kickstarter right now or finishing up? Oh yeah, there's there is two games that I'm super excited. Oh, which ones? Which ones? So it's two games. They launched on September 22nd, so I think they're probably about halfway through their campaign now. But the two new games in the dinosaur world, dinosaur verse, I should say, from Pandasaurus Games. So, Dinosaur World. Mm. And Dinosaur Island Roarin' Right. Yeah, Dinosaur Island Roarin' Right. These were the two games when you did the Gen Con online this year, were the two games that got me hyped as soon as they announced it. Are you a dinosaur guy? You, I I am like, <laughs> exactly one of my earliest earliest childhood memories was seeing Jurassic Park in theaters. Mm. Like I was what like we would have been like seven, seven or eight, eight, yeah, eight, yeah, when that movie came out. I mean, the first movie I saw in theaters was Batman. So <laughs> hence, hence my love for Batman, but like still Jurassic Park was like probably the third or fourth movie that I remember seeing in theaters. Um, And, you know, that left a giant impact on what I'm into as an adult. And, you know, I think these games are, they, they look, they look cool. You know? Yeah. They're like, they're like tributes to Jurassic Park in a lot of ways too, and they right? Are. Which is which yeah. is which is cool and in a in a good way. In a good way. They're not ripping anything off. They're just there's like tributes to it. Like even the the cover of Dinosaur World reminded me of Jurassic Park. Of the right. scene where the what are the long neck dinosaurs? Bra- bra- Brachiosaurus. Bam. When they're like coming out yeah. and like eating you know what I mean? And the it just reminds me of that yeah. intro and I'm like oh. This is amazing. Yeah, and it was cool seeing, you know, we were lucky enough to kind of get on the the press kit for Panasaurus and seeing some of the tiles and the games and it was like it just really gets me into it. And it's cool. And what's what's neat about Dinosaur World is that there, it's a sequel to Dinosaur Island and they're 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 building on the idea of that game. Right. So it's still going to be a worker placement game. It's centered around collecting DNA and converting that into dinosaurs and placing them in in, in the park. Via dice rolls, um, right? And, th- yeah, and you're trying to and you're trying to maintain the security and safety of all of the players. But what's different about this game is that you're able to travel around the park oh. and kind of like take in what you've created and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. So I'm I'm interested to see how that all works out. And then I I'd be interested to when well, you know, play both games at one night if we can and compare them. Yeah, that'd be really fun. With Dinosaur Island Roaring Right, they're just taking the Dinosaur Island game and reimagining it into a rolling right. So there's still going to be elements of collecting DNA, the threats, having like specialist cards and dinosaurs obviously, but you're just trying to draw them in shapes to represent the paddocks and the attractions. So I mean, I've been really into cartographers lately. I downloaded the cartographers app on my phone. I've been playing that like nice. so much. I'm really interested in that. So I'll probably back both of those games <laughs> tomorrow. Hopefully, um, uh, hopefully I mean, your wife's not listening right now. <laughs> I think she's like, oh, 
Um, Back them all. You know, but I do have I do have their Dulosaur Island, nice. which is the uh, two player version of Dinosaur Island that's scaled down just to be like a dice roll DNA collecting attraction building game just with cards. So that and that's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing that. So. I'm looking forward to those two games. So those are my, my hyped games. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the Dinosaur World too. I want to see what it, what it brings that makes it different than Dinosaur Island. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. Cool. Is there anything that you're hyped up? Uh, there is one. Uh, I think, I believe you backed it already. And, oh, oh, I mean, I believe, uh, I believe Bajiji's backed it already. <laughs> Somehow a blind dog couldn't use a computer. <laughs> but it, it, so I played at Gen Con online and it was basically done by a company called Burnt Island Games. They're actually Canadian. I found out they're from Toronto, which is pretty cool. Oh, I can do a local pickup. And my uh, research of it, it's like, it's a, the game is, it's another one of those games. It's done. The game is done. They actually kickstarted it and it wasn't successful. And then they kickstarted again. And it's, it's at this point being September 21st when we're recording this, it's definitely backed. So it's gonna ha- it's gonna happen, but now they're just you know getting more backers. So the game is called Into Deep. Yeah. So as a, as of re- right now, recording, they're 178 percent funded, and by the time this episode comes out, you're gonna have about four or five days to to back it. I think it ends on October 7th. Uh, you know, I've already played it, so I could tell you it's good. And it is a it's a complex game. It's more for people who like complex games because it's a hidden collection game where you attach a character to these like villains and you use their ability you go around using their abilities to collect items by completing quests. And then you're using the quest rewards to collect evidence, which helps you beat the game as a group. But then there's like a competitive aspect that you're trying to get the high score at the end. And then nice. you're trying not to get too corrupted or you lose points or something. That's that's basically the premise. It's super good. It's a ton of fun. I loved it. And glad you back. I'm glad uh, Bajiji's backed it. <laughs> I know that it's getting a lot of hype too on like some of the board game Facebook groups as well. So some some pretty big board game people are just loving it, and they're I know they were upset that it was that it was not funded to, uh, before. Those people and and I agree with them 100. percent And I'm with them. I feel like why can't you know why was this not funded? I think it was like not funded by like a thousand dollars, something ridiculous too. Yeah, very, very they got really close. Yeah, so I'm glad they funded and it's it's worth it. So I'm glad we're going to see this game. I mean, that Gen Con playthrough was huge, probably huge for them. Yeah, it was. Right. I think, you know, if you do have a Kickstarter uh, campaign that isn't successful, figure out what went wrong, what you could do better. And from what I see, everyone that I know that's re- relaunched has been successful right and and you know what like it's it's interesting too because that's kind of a bigger game burnt island games also made in the hall of the mountain king so they're a little bit bigger company they can do a larger kickstarter i think theirs was quite large like 80 90 would you say it was a 50,000 they have 89,000 currently so their goal was 50,000 Canadian or uh five dollars American but the the key the key is that they're a bigger company so they can do that so if you're a smaller company you want to set your goal small like 10 grand or something right. if you're if because like they're big they could do it people are going to trust them because they've already had successful campaigns i agree i agree and i'm looking forward to bajiji's getting that game yeah me too it's a good thing uh <laughs> yeah it's a good thing we have her <laughs> good thing my good thing my birthday's coming up i can just use that money for that <clears throat> i mean uh, you mean bajiji's bajiji's can buy you that gift yes. yeah sounds good <laughs> So we, we, we talked a lot about what we like about Kickstarter. We talked a lot about what we don't like about Kickstarter. We talked about what we are excited about backing on Kickstarter, even though we're done with it. Oh, we're done with it. But GDs don't. GDs, put down my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I know you are super passionate about what you think should change about Kickstarter. Ooh, okay. All right. Yes. I. This is our geek out moment. Or me just completely just going crazy. Your choice. But I, the first thing, and you could you could tell me if I'm wrong. You could tell me if you disagree or not. I hate the fact. I hate that whenever I back a game, everyone has a different crowdfunding platform. So the crowdfunding platform, whenever you back a game and it's successful, you're gonna get an email from whoever created that Kickstarter campaign, and they're like, oh, this is you know blah 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 crowd starter platform and then you go in you enter and oh i bought the game and then you have to pay shipping which is a million dollars for us so (laughs) i hate that platform i hate that everyone uses a different one and it's not like standardized am i wrong am i crazy no you're not and i think 
I think there's like two main ones that people use. Really? I've had I've used like ten. You're right. It's different it's, ones. <laughs> I've I've seen I've seen mainly two. Okay. I've, I've I've seen other ones, but mainly two. But it's like I don't know where I'm getting this game from. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very confusing, and I feel like it should all just be done from the same platform. So so it's interesting because I think Kickstarter has a crowdfunding platform. I just think it sucks. So no one uses it. Does that make sense? I have heard the same. Yeah, I mean. It should it should all be relatively just easy to use on one platform, and I agree with you. Do you know what Kickstarter like use? I, I don't know. I don't know how much money Kickstarter has, but if they have a lot, <laughs> you know, buy one of the good crowdfunding platforms and just make it that. That's what I would do. Yeah, maybe that's just not part of their their business model. I guess. Yeah, they probably don't have the money for it. That's my guess. Maybe. Okay, so that's one. The next thing I hate. <laughs> 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 the next thing I hate. Uh, it has to do with shipping. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like Shopify could just turn in a Kickstarter, to be honest with you. I feel like there needs to be like some weird, like kick. So I don't know, like Shopify, first of all, Shopify is Canadian. So tip my hat to another Canadian company, but they, they really have their shipping model down. Like when, when people buy a game, it like determines the shipping based on a bunch of shipping platforms. But I mean, I'm arguing this at the same time, you know, a lot of the Kickstarter stuff is through distribution, right? Right. So because it's through distribution, uh, you know, people are getting different prices from different competitors and that's kind of what's happening. I just kind of wish they standardized something there, you know, some sort of standardization on the shipping or like, you know, hey, this guy's the cheapest. Let's just all send it through them. <laughs> right. I mean, that can't ha- that can't yeah, happen. But right. Because the amount of Kickstarter just just on board games is just nuts. Yeah, like, I know. I know. There's, I, there's so many projects available. I'm just complaining and because it just seems... You're an old man, uh, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my like, lawn. Yeah, all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you're killing my lawn uh, by being on it. You need to get off of it. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's a good point. Like, Shopify... I'm pretty sure there's there's a place that where we buy games off of online that uses kind of like a Shopify model because, like, my shipping... It, it, like it literally says it's like standard rate standard flat rate. yeah that's uh tabletop renaissance in windsor ontario and you could pick up all your games from that website whenever it launches <laughs> oh is that what's going on and it's not launched yet but <laughs> i don't know if it'll be launched by the time this podcast but i'm gonna plug it so there you go is there anything else that you wish would change about kickstarter uh the only other thing that i have a complaint about and it just happens to just do with the fact it's kind of the same thing as shipping the random range of prices do the different platforms developers use to make to manufacture their games there just seems like there's just right. so much randomness in prices i'm gonna talk about a game i'm not gonna mention who it is but they had like comments where people were like this seems really expensive for this and it's like it's like this poor guy is just trying to get his game out there <laughs> you know what i mean like this is what kickstarter is like it is that right. and but at the same time i kind of agree with the other guy i'm like well maybe there needs to be like some sort of like standardization on the manufacturing of kickstarter games right if one company does it better and cheaper than the others then maybe they should be more available or expand so that they can be more available i mean i guess it all depends on where they're getting it manufactured right so you could do everything you could do it in the united states for really for a lot of money for a lot of money because you're paying more money for labor right and then you are in china right which is where a lot of games get manufactured as well i mean it's all about their local laws yeah it's just it just sucks like seeing the prices vary and, and also it's uh, you know I, this is just like a random complaint it's not doesn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> i'll tell you that right now because because also <laughs> it, it also relies on volume too Right. And, you know, there, there's games that I know that have been manufactured at, like, the Game Crafter. Which is going to come in more expensive. Yeah, but you know what? I've, I've bought it. I purchased games off there, and it was, like, 12 bucks, oh, 14 bucks. That's not bad. And, like, I was like, it's a smaller game, obviously. But they also manufacture everything, like, when you order it. Right. You're not getting a game that's that's made. They make the game for you. It is what it is. Like, that's how that's their model. And I thought I was like I was a little disappointed at first, but I'm like that's actually kind of cool when you think about it. Yeah, I mean that's true indie right there, right? right? They're making the game for you directly and ship it to you directly, so that's kind of neat. Right. And then and then they're not wasting their money or resources making a crap ton of games that aren't selling, right? Yeah, 
True. So they have a platform to sell it, and they've got the files to make the make so the make game. make it as needed. That's pretty clever. And then they make it as needed, right? Yeah, I agree with that. So I think that's cool about the game crafter. I don't know about any other how any other manufacturers in the states do it. You know, China's just a powerhouse of manufacturing right goods. So for the for cheap i guess longer time shipping to get to here etc etc yeah i'm just throwing out points i don't think any of my points are right yeah (laughs) other than (laughs) other than the build other than the crowd build a good crowdfunding platform other than that one yeah well you know they're all good points right it's like how can you make it how can you make it so it's more user-friendly for the people trying to back and i think all those are pretty valid points it's tough to say like because everyone's got like a vision of like you know when they make a game you want some profit out of it out of the time that you put into it this right it's hard to calculate that profit into your like baseline goal just to get the game funded right. so maybe like those are you know those outrageous indie developers who want that hundred you know hundred thousand dollar stretch goal are you calculating that pro like oh i'm gonna make a ton of money off this or are you just not or are you gonna be realistic with your goal and be like hey this is what i need to just get this game into people's hands which i think is way more valuable well it's like it's like advertising putting money in my yeah and putting money in my pocket for it like yeah at the ultimate end of the game if i'm making a game i'm gonna want money for creating it and spending a lot of time but like right now at our point and you know we we don't do this you know we're, we're not doing this for money we're not right but it's a it, it's a labor <laughs> of love i mean no <laughs> um <laughs> i mean for it's a labor of love for you us, know what right? you know what for and, us it's about talking about things we enjoy and getting other people excited about the things we enjoy exactly and we we get a perk yeah, it's, people send us some games every now and then to play, which is awesome. But like, I just like going to your house and playing games and then talking about it. Yeah, me too. Right, and and we have like a platform to do it, and that's what I like about it. And I find that adds more value to me than having like a couple cents sent to us for some like streaming royalty. I don't even know. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I think your points are valid. <laughs> You know, if we can make some sort of uniform way of crowdfunding to make it easier for all users and more enticing for all users, maybe be a little bit more successful. And now for our big announcement, we're launching a Kickstarter competitor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's called Friday Night Game Crafter (laughs) Starter. Friday Night Game Starter. (laughs) There you go. So we'd just like to thank Tabletop Renaissance, which is located in Windsor, Ontario. Look for their website, tabletoprenaissance.ca. Should be coming soon, and they should be shipping everywhere within North America for sure. Canada will be obviously have cheaper rates, but yeah, check them out. Solon will hook you up. Dope. And if you don't like the games, eat the food. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or hit that follow button on your favorite streaming platform. Is there a game you'd like us for to check out? or talk about or have you created a game yourself and you want us to preview it let us know by emailing us at info at fridaynight.games and don't forget to check back next friday for our next episode and remember it's friday night let's have some fun